Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. God bless us in Jesus' name. So we are talking about understanding covenant marriage. Understanding covenant marriage. Now, I have done a little bit of brief around this. There is a difference between a covenant marriage and a contract marriage. Most Christians will say, if you ask a Christian, what kind of marriage do you have? He said, I have a covenant marriage. But when you look at actually what they are practicing, it's not covenant marriage, it is contract marriage. And covenant is not only by what you say. Covenant marriage is asked to be practiced. So you have a contract. Now what's a contract? A contract is this. I will do this if you do that. That's contract. When you sign up for a contract at your, at your workplace, your time is 9 to 5. After 9 to 5, you pack your bag, you go. Except for other, other, <laughs> other jobs. Contract job is that you see an advert, you see a price, sorry, a, sal- a particular salary. And when you sign the dotted line, you expect them, the Yoruba people will say, basically, for those who are not Yoruba, is that, I don't really care, I will get my salary. So how does that apply to marriage? He said, no, this is what I signed for. I don't care what your problem is. When you, when you ha- approached me, you said this and this, and when I come here, this and this is what I must get. That's a contract marriage. If you don't do this, I will not do this. I only do this when you do this. Contract marriage. Those marriages are not covenant. You can call it covenant or you like. You are going to covenant. A covenant marriage is what you see Ephesians 5 try to illustrate. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. That's a covenant. A contract marriage is a marriage where you have referees. There is no fight at times, you know, the, 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 but you know how referees behave? When you commit foul, they pull out a yellow card, warning. When you commit that same foul again, they pull out a red card. A referee has a note that he documents every single offense, the time, the minutes. Those are referees. And there are marriages that are marriages of refuse. Any slight, at times they may not even take a red card. They will first of all say, you know how, um, what's it called? How um, the referee calls the player, come here, come here, come here, stand here. I'm giving you one. What happens that when anybody wants to interfere, no, 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 go back, go back, go back, like pastors or whatever. No, 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 I'm talking to my wife. But when you see, and I'll be going into details into it, I just wanted to just lay that out there. When you see 
a covenant marriage. It's a marriage of coaches. A coach will see the same mistake a referee sees. But a coach is invested in making that player better. A referee doesn't care. As far as it's concerned, once you can step into that field, you are better be okay. So how does a referee, a contract marriage, behave like referees? They are not interested. Excuse me, I am not your mother. If your mother will not train you before they, you came here, then those are referees. Because referees is not interested in building anybody. All they want to do is just, you know, the more, the more card they give you, the more money they make. You know those cards that they give you? It's money. So they give you yellow card, or they can use card to regulate the match. Where a, a, a player wants to commit the same offense, remember, <laughs> I have, you are on a yellow card now. Anything from now is a red. A red, at times, is not necessarily to, for you ever not to play, but you just get suspended for two matches or three matches. So you go and pack your bag and sleep somewhere else. No suspension. Until you come back again and somebody says, hey, when you want to talk to the person, no, 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 no. You know how that's, that's how referees do. Dressing room. <laughs> Contract marriage. Does that sound like a marriage you've ever read before? Those marriages are, you can be scaboshing every day. You are not practicing a contract marriage, sorry, a covenant marriage. What you are practicing is a, it's a contract marriage and God is limited. Because God, is, is, God deals with covenants. So I will just put it at that. And as I just leave contract marriage, because when we begin to go more into what covenant marriage is, you would begin to differentiate which part of your marriage is contract, which part of your marriage. Some of us are doing mixed, um, <laughs> mixed uh, activities. God help us all in Jesus' name. So Jeremiah chapter 33, verse that's 20, 20 to Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 20 and 21. Thus says the Lord, Yes. If you can break my covenant with the day uh -huh. and my covenant with the night, yes. so that there will not be day and night in the season, mm -hmm. then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne. God bless you, man. So what the Bible is saying, God is saying, see, when it comes to covenant, I, I am covenant lasts beyond. Covenant does not expire. It, it, it says, as long as the sun and the moon has not changed, God is saying that my covenant with David will not, will not go past. 
Why am I talking about marriage as a covenant? Malachi chapter 2, verse 14. It says, yet you, you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been a witness between you and your wife. Now, a covenant marriage is a marriage where God is standing over that marriage. And what did he say? He said, you have dead generously, which yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Your wife by covenant. Why was God bringing back that marriage to order? Because as far as he's concerned, contract can expire, but, but covenant remains. Amen. Amen. It is important to begin to understand how covenant, how covenant works because, because then you can stand and say, God, remember or have respect for the covenant. Psalms 90, um, Psalm 74, verse 20. He says, God, have respect to the covenant for the dark places of the heart are full of hot, hot and cruelty. You can, when, when you stand on a covenant marriage, you can call God and say, God, have respect for the covenant in this marriage. May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I know I spoke a little bit last week around relationship, getting partner and this kind of stuff. But one thing I still want to also point out to us is this. The Bible says, for this reason, Genesis, for this reason shall a mother, a father, sorry, shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and become one flesh. The reasonable question will be, for what reason? Why did the Bible say, therefore, for, um, sorry, can I go further? He said, he said, he said, he said, and the Lord says to them, he says, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother. Therefore, let me put it, therefore, but if you read, I think King James, he will say, for this reason, this is the reason. Why is that important? It's because there are other reasons why you can decide to leave. But when it's coming to marriage, this is the reason why. You see it in Ephesians also. The Bible also comes out saying, for this reason shall a man leave his mother's house. Now, let us begin to examine the reason to start with. So we take a step back and when you see Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18 the Bible says and God said it is not good for a man to be alone. We shall make him an helper comparable to him. Then what did God do? Out of the ground God began to form beasts wild um, beasts, birds, and things like that. Why did God form beasts, animals? He formed the animals because man was lonely. 
I think, is that not what you say? Is that not what you can do? He said, it shall not be good for man to be alone. And the Bible says, uh, we need to look for a comparable for helper for him. And out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast. When we go on, and the Bible says, and, and God was seeing what will Adam name them. So as those animals were coming, God was saying, mm, let's see. He is looking for a partner. Let, let us begin to ask him, what exactly is he going to call these ones? So Adam saw one and said, oh, this one is good as a dog for security. It wasn't God that was defining it. It was Adam. Why is this important? You would have relationships coming around you when you are having uh, in your process of dating and things like that. God is going to be looking, how are you going to place them? I now could have seen a lion and said, ah, this one is powerful. That is my wife. And God has said, ah, who would you know? <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? How do, see, let me give you a personal. There was a time when I was still much young, and well, I was in you know, I was in that year, I was in I was in ministry, in school, and there are people you you either mentor or you or somebody has. A challenge, and you and you get very close to them because you go, you come in and out, and things and things like that. At times, it could be a lady, and as a result, affections begin to grow. Not that I had any girlfriend, but affections begin to grow. God asks them, "Say, by the way you are going now." <laughs> If everybody that I call for you to help is a potential girlfriend, then you're in a problem. By the time you get to the end of ministry, wherever it is you are going to find yourself, <laughs> you would have had about 32 girlfriends. So God was saying to me, it is not everybody that comes across your way no matter what feelings they have, you should know this is not the person. In fact, there was someone, and we're still, we're still talking, we're still close. There was someone who I said, who I, said I don't think God, has, God is taking us anywhere. I don't think that this is, see, I'm just here to help you. I thank God for how your life has progressed and things. I said, no, 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 I must date you. I said, this person went, I said, this is what I feel God is saying. And the person said, don't worry. The person went to Lagos, went to their church. Everyone is navigating. She was praying for three days or so. 
until a prophet came and the prophet said, God said, you will not listen. He said, but because you want to marry this, you want to date this person, I release him to you. So she was coming. <laughs> I said, have you had my job away yet? Well, me, I don't do that kind of thing. See, love is not blind. It's only people who choose to be blind that are in love. Does that make sense? Love is not blind. People choose to be blind inside love. Does that make sense? So, respectfully, and she's happily married now, respectfully, but what God learned, taught me in that process that, see, and please heaven sees, I'm not saying, but there are some things that are good for help in another area. It is not everybody that comes across your path. This is the one. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, Adam did not know what God wanted, but he knew what God did not want for him. You may not understand who God is calling your husband or wife, whatever the case may be, but at least you should have a clear view from them, the scriptures who your wife is not. Does this make sense? Hallelujah. And I'm talking to most of you that are married. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I just wanted to just leave that in position for us to see. Now, how did Adam now know he is his wife? How did Adam know that all these ones are animals? And some people have actually had animals along the way. <laughs> Before they figured their way around. Now, I want to show you something. Let's go to um, Genesis. We're going to that same scripture. Chapter 2, verse 21. And the Bible says, The Lord God caused Adam to have a deep sleep. And he fell, and Adam fell asleep, and God took out a vip, and when he saw the woman, he said, surely this is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. Does that make sense? The question is, how did he know that is his bone? Was he there when God took out that bone? I would quote a scripture for a, a Bible passage for us. The same Bible passage. But this is OBJ, that is the Orthodox Jewish Bible. Because the whole testament was written in Hebrew. Does that make sense? So when you now read it, and Ashenai Elohim calls, that is God. Elohim calls a Tabaha, bracket, deep sleep. Are we together? The question is going to be, what does this word mean? This 
Tabar, what exactly does it mean? If you go into um, Strong's, can I have the next slide, please? If you go into Strong's, you will see that that this sleep means deep sleep and it means trance. So it wasn't necessarily snoring. He had that same deep sleep, and that deep sleep is translated in Strong's as trance. So his spirit was alive when God was doing nothing. He knew what God was doing. That was why when God brought in that man, he said, no, this is the one. Abai Bikin says, before you can enter trance, you must have at least God one. You must have connection with the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? I'll show you again in Job chapter, Job chapter 4 verse 13. He said, in disquieting true thoughts and visions of, of the night, when deep sleeps follow men. So that deep, deep sleep, yes, it was asleep, but at the same time, he was in trance, seeing open vision, connecting to God. So when God brought in that woman, he said, yes, this is the actual one. What am I trying to point out is that if you are not connected to God yourself, God forbid that you see monkey and you say, So that makes sense. God help us in Jesus' name. And how do you, one of the ways you know, I'll just leave it at that place. One of the ways you know, there will be a sense of peace inside you. You will just know. It may not look totally, but you will just have that peace inside of you. But for that peace to be able to be recognized, you should have developed that peace even before you met him. Or oh. Hallelujah. Wow, my time is gone. Amen. Okay. So let's just, let's just keep moving on as we just um, bring this to one side. As we look at, so we found out how they found themselves. Now, Genesis chapter... 1 verse 26 says that and then the Lord said let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the sheep. So over the, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, the cattle and everything like that. What did God not say? God did not say let them have dominion over one another. He said let them together have dominion. So God did not say, let the man dominate the woman or let the woman dominate the man. He said, let them together have dominion. Does this make sense? Hallelujah. Can I have next slide, please? Now, when, I know that people will say, but the Bible calls men leaders. 
there is difference between a leader and um, the king has spoken. You know, when, when you're in Yoruba land, when the king speaks, everybody bows down, everybody goes out. But I want to just point this picture to us. And God help us, we will probably talk more about this. That, see, this truck is the leader of, is the one leading this. But what do you think if you are the one driving at the back of this truck, what will happen? You'll be buzzing your horn. Get out of the road. Some people are leading. But what is causing frustration is that they are leading at a very slow pace. And the person behind is saying, get out of the road. Does this make sense to us? So leader, lead, leading is having vision ahead. That's why the Bible says the man is the head. What, is, what does the head do? He sees ahead. He thinks. He processes things. That is where the decision thinks. Everybody sent, this body sends information to the brain. And the brain processes it quickly and gives them back the feedback. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I will just, this is the next slide. I, just, I will just say that, see, they call man husband because it comes from the word husbandry. Basically, those that cultivate a land, cultivate things, and bring out the best in that particular thing. And the Bible calls a woman, he calls a woman an enclosed garden. That is why the Bible says that husband love your wife as Christ loved his church that he gave himself and he presented her to himself without wrinkles or spots. That means before then she had wrinkles and she had spots. And he said, husband, what Jesus did was that he took that thing that doesn't look too perfect and walked on it and presented that person to, that, um, to himself perfect. I was saying to the couple, I was, um, they didn't get it initially, but I said, I said, if this is the best you've seen about this woman, then you're failed. If you marry a lady, that now is that is the best. She's the best you have you can ever see now or in the future, then you are, you are in problem. Because what you are saying is that you are already at the top, the only way is down. But if I see her now and I can say, you know what, this is what I see in this person in the future. That's why the Bible says that when Christ met the church, she was with she was she was with blemish so that he can present her to himself. That is why I learned one thing and I'm learning more is that it is my job to present my wife to myself, not to the public, to myself first with her finger. 
So the first thing you don't do, it is not say, you know, ha, this, this thing it doesn't make sense again. I'm talking about relationships. Right? God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's let's just I'm just conscious of our time, but let's let's just move on as quickly as we can. Now, the Bible says I'll be moving through different scriptures. The Bible says, husband, love your wife. It said, because no man can hate his own body. The question is that when you look at God and man, why did God come and save human beings? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. Why did God send his son to us? Because we were created in his image. <laughs> he loved us because we look like him. He can identify with us. That's the reason why he said, he didn't say Jesus come and heal animals. To come and heal. So that same principle is what the Bible is saying. Is that, husband, you cannot hate your own body. The only reason why Jesus came is because human beings were created in the same image as God. That was why God was ready to pay the ultimate price. So until you begin to see this person as your own body, you are not ready to pay the ultimate price. Does that make sense? God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, First Peter talks about the fact that it says it talks about women honoring their husbands and the wife. Sorry, the husband loving the wife. If you go to verse 7, I think. No, sorry, the one before. It says, Can someone just read verse 7 for me, please? Okay, the Bible says, deal with. Husbands, mm-hmm. likewise, mm-hmm. dwell with them with understanding. Now, before you got there, please let us also know that there is, I'll, I'll be talking about two things here as we just drive this through. Is that he's saying the women should honor their husbands, respect their husbands. And for the women, he said, husband. Yes, ma'am. Verse 7. Likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Giving honor to the wife. Giving honor to the wife. As the weaker vessel. As the weaker vessel. God bless you. Now, I want you to first, what I was going to first of all point out is this. He said that husbands dwell with your wife with understanding. Can I ask you also a question? Can you live with under, can you understand what you don't know? It's impossible. 
How can I do well with somebody in the understanding that I don't know? So the Bible clearly tell, will give us avenues of how to understand the other partner. How the, a man, what, what, a, what a woman should understand about a man. And the Bible puts it in two major categories. One man, honor, respect. For women, love, I will call it affection. Does that make sense? That is why the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 5, let's just quickly go there, I'll come back to that. Ephesians chapter 5. That, Ephesians, yeah. He says, Husband, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself. This is quite diff this is quite challenging. But when you have, see, there's a lot in the scriptures that when you, when you, when you look at it, you the more God gives you understanding. Husband, love your wives. Now, there are different definitions of love. But the Bible says, love them just as Christ loved the church. And what did he do? He gave himself. What does it mean to give yourself? The greatest thing any woman needs is attention. <laughs> It will not be forever, but whatever time it is, just that attention. I don't know if I'm right. And that's what I feel that one of the reasons what the Bible Paul was, he said, Christ gave himself to her. That is what love means to them. What does he give himself to her also means security. Does that make sense? Everything, most of the time, is all wrapped up in the scriptures. <laughs> so he says, when you are talking about love, the love language mainly, I'm not saying that's the only one, the love language mainly for a woman is the attention that you give. The sense of security that you give. And for a man, it is the respect you give to them. And please, when you read the scriptures, most of the time when the Bible says, like first Peter that we read, women should honor their husband, but what did it tell um, a man also? He said, do well with your wives, with honor. So the Bible does not encourage, I have spoken, that's not what the Bible says. Does this make sense to us? Now let's quickly look at a couple of things. Can I have just a upma? Hallelujah. Love and the love languages can I open, please? Amen. Now, as I said, affection and respect. All these five or six love languages can be linked to this word.
So you have words of affirmation. See, a man wants to know that you can affirm that I know what you're doing is good. Even if it's not too good, you go and say, you know what? Mm, no, this is but we, so we could only just do it better. You've done so well, we could only just do it a bit better. That's all most of the things that and please I can pull all of these also into sexual into, into, into sexual activities. The Bible talks about it. So please don't I am not yet down from doing nothing. But yes, I can say even sexual activities. A man wants to know that a wife enjoys the process. A woman also needs affirmation. Because it gives them a sense of security. For some, it is service. I don't have time, but when you talk about romance for women, it starts from when you begin to help them with minor things. Please, what is romance? I'll just define it in very short way. Romance is when you do what I am thinking, but I have not told you, and you get it done. But if I tell you that, go and bring that in. Go and bring that in. Then you don't bring it. You think I'm romantic. Why do you think I'm romantic? No. Romance is when you are thinking ahead of me. And what I actually need, you brought it to me. I was walking down the road. I bought something. And you did not. You just brought it for me. Does this make sense? So you have, you have service, you have gifts, you have quality time, you have touch. People may say that, you know, but, but, but okay, can I say something to us before I go to the very spiritual plan? Because I know that most of us are already timing out. Amen. Is this. When Isaac, which was about, I don't know if about 70 or 80 then, when he was with his wife, and the king saw them, and they said that these people are mine, what were they doing? They said that they were sisters and brothers. But the king looked at two old people and said, ah, ah, why would you now cause me to sin? This person cannot be your, be your sister. What were they doing? You know, the Bible had to <laughs> what were they doing that the king said, ah, ah, at the age of about 70, 80 plus, those are covenant relationships. You know, people, when you begin to teach about how it is, people go, ah, no, ah, you know, we want the spirit of God to descend. Hallelujah. Can I tell you one thing? And I believe you know. Your scriptures, you only have maybe two chapters. Maybe we have only two chapters of the Bible if a family did not fail. 
the whole chapters of the Bible came as a result of a family that failed. And once one family fails, you don't know how many scriptures God has to do to rewrite that part again. Last week, I won't go back there again, but I address issues around sexual sex and things like that. And the Bible says that when it says it has to, woman, your body is to the man, man, your body is to the woman, but he now said that when it comes to fire, it has to be mutual consent. And I explained to us what the Bible was talking about, mutual consent. That means sex in the whole sense has to be a mutual consent. But again, you cannot, you cannot say, somebody may not, you may not want to have sex, for example. And somebody says, please let's, and you go, I, 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 I don't have time for all this kind of thing. You know, I've been busy all, 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 all day. And there's a difference. Or somebody says, well, okay, just sleep. Let's just, just do whatever you want to do. Let's just get out of here. Most of the time, you may have, that's what the Bible says that the wife is supposed to satisfy the husband of the husband, the husband is supposed to satisfy the husband of the wife, and things like that. People think that it is only having sex. But when you do it, when you do things that way, what you have not given that person is affirmation. In fact, you have dented them, them when, especially if it's a woman. So how do you go around it? You basically, you know, I'm a bit tired, but you know what? Let's, let's plan it for tomorrow. You're on your way to work. You text. Don't worry. Are you, I, hope, I hope you're thinking about tonight. XYZ. You said exactly the same thing. One, I said, you know, hey, you know I don't, all this kind of rubbish. I don't, I, don't, I don't have time for it. Then maybe your gift was what Paul was saying. Don't get married. The Bible calls it a gift, so it's not a cause. But the Bible talks about mutual consent. But one thing we need to also understand is that there are times that you, you, the way, that is why, that's why the Bible will say the worst marriage in the scriptures ever in, the, in this world is between the Jesus and the church. And the Bible says that is the combination I want you to look after. How Jesus can bring the two extremes together. God help us in Jesus' name. Now, something to about us last week about a couple that, you know, I was talking to them. I know after a couple of times, I discovered that the problem was actually to begin to use Bible to cover everything. I don't know. She's becoming too much Christian these days. Christianity, Christianity. This Christianity is not. It's not. It's not that. It's not. You should not. I know. You. It's, it's not always time. Fire, 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 fire. This like. What is wrong? <laughs> but I discovered that okay, it's not actually Christianity. It's actually that you know one feels that the wife is getting too spiritual, and the husband is. Yes, I'm trying to say. And 
Now, their marriage life is, is, is awesome. You know, they, they do all sorts. But they both, both of them come, came to the point of mutual agreement where nobody feels defiled by the other person. Does this make sense? God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's go to the very spiritual verse because I know that's what we are waiting for. Amen. Amen. I'll say it this way. One of the other affections that can be related to another person is spiritual help. Somebody wants to know that you are praying for them. You, you, you are the only one that knows what your problem is. See, all these family problems that you have been fighting since. Me, I don't have time for this kind of thing. My own family, we are free of, of, of battle. You are the one that knows where you came with all this. And I will show us, I will try to explain to us the power in, meet, in, in, in having this union and making it work well. See, when a woman knows that the husband is praying for her, it gives her a sense of security. When a man knows that, you know, my wife is always, and I will tell us how to do prayers and not to do prayers. You get what I'm trying to say? Because there are some prayer warriors. <laughs> See, again, mutual consent. There are times you have to take prayer walk and go and pray outside if you know your partner is tired. Jesus, 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 and he goes, oh God, what is wrong with this person? My wife knows, at times when I want to pray in, 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 in the night, at times I can wake up at 3 o'clock, whatever it is, I will step out, thank God we're in London, I will step out and I will walk and pray. That, because if, you started by someone comes from a family where they don't pray early. One, you know, oh God, our family is wonderful. Amen. Amen. Because the way we were brought up. <laughs> Even at one, you still pray. Even though you are going to you are going to wake up early in the morning to go somewhere. And I have seen prayer warriors who have turned who have who have turned their husband or their wives against them. Let me just address those two prayer points and prayers I would I would move Can I just go to um, Numbers chapter 30? And I want you to see this well. This is the power of the husband. When he comes, please can I also advise us wives? Don't bring prayer team to your house. I hope I see. I don't like no. Sit down up, sit down there. You you know, we are we are brought powerful anointed people to come and pray. 
Those prayer is just you are just opening your mouth and, 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 and releasing here. I'll explain it to you. Numbers about 30, 10 to 12. If a woman vowed in her husband's house or bound herself against an agreement or hold, and her husband heard of it and made no response and did not overrule her, then our vows stand. I would explain that even further. Every agreement which she made is she's bound, is which she made by herself is bound to stand. Let's go on, please. But if her husband truly made it void on that day, sorry, on the day he had, then whatever proceeds out of her lips concerning her vows. Or concerning the agreement by me shall not stand. Her husband shall made her husband has made it void. And the Lord, God Himself, will release her from it. See, someone was saying that Senior Prophet gave me a name to give my child. I said, No problem, it is good. Ask your husband, what do they want to call their child? See, there are some anointed people that have caused themselves trouble. When you enter, because you think that the man there doesn't understand what it is that's going on, you now come in with your, with your gang, and I say, oh, yeah, he, Jesus, Jesus. The Bible says, if the man says no, as far as God is concerned, you are just entertaining yourself. Please, this is not also a license for me to say, okay, everything I counsel it. Because God will hack you. But what this tells me is that if somebody says that my wife is possessed or my wife has one kind of thing, I, the Bible says I have the authority to say I counsel it in the name of Jesus. And even God will not say no. <laughs> so rather say, ah, you and your generational problem. I don't know what to do to this. It is not my problem. The Bible says that go, please go for up, 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 to pass. No. Ten. The Bible says if he says, if he does not respond or he keeps quiet. The Bible says that vow stands. At times, because of the way things have been at times, men have vacated their spiritual place. And you say, you know, <laughs> my wife is the, is the anointed person here. And God is saying, just make a pronouncement. make a pronouncement and see if I will not honor it. God help us with Jesus. But I'm just a fan of that. That you know, if you enter a mass, no matter the every anointing you are bringing, you are subject to that mass. 
to that one because you are in his territory. I'm not saying don't hold the prayer meetings. But please, if the husband is saying no, you can go to God to turn that man's heart. Except God is saying whatever it is that God is saying to you, but please do not turn it and say, that man is, he doesn't know anything. Some people will say, you know, uh, you know, uh, that man doesn't know anything. He's just sitting down there and things like that. And they will not gather their prayer, women prayer group. Let's just like that, that useless one. He's just sitting up, he's just sitting, he's just sitting there. Yes, he, he doesn't even know what we are doing. If you tell him to read one Bible verse, he doesn't know. He's just watching people. He's just watching, he's useless. You will not even greet him when you come in. You will start your prayer group. You will finish. And you go out. Courtesy of... Well, good evening, sir. The father will say, ah, come in. He's giving you the ground. God help us in Jesus' name. That is why some people will say that they don't know where spiritual attack is coming from. Where you are coming from? Where are you going to go and do something? And the doors are open. I'm not saying that when the man is spiritually standing against you, that's different. But when you think he's a non-entity, God help you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us now look at the woman's side as we round this up. Esther Esther's husband was the king. And that man was being manipulated by Haman. In fact, the Bible says that in the first month, which the first month of the of Nisan, the twelfth year of the king of Ahasuerus, they cast poor, that is a lot, before Haman to determine the day and the month until it fell in the 12th month, which is the month of Hadad. Basically, what they were doing was that they were casting Ifa, all these kind of things. Haman was casting it on a daily basis for a whole year over the king. So, he was being spiritually manipulated for a whole year. Let's put it that way. Every day, he only took his wife, Esther, three days' prayer to get her husband in line. What somebody has done for a whole year, you only took the woman to stand up and say, you know what, this thing is not happening again. Three days' prayer fasting. He counseled a whole one year. So, instead of saying, ha, this man, you would... They, I know that they said whatever it is. The, the prophet told me that you you are you are uh, that you have been under a spell. I know you understand. You understand. You are a man. You know what are you doing with your life? Rubbish. Rather than standing as the woman. And where I would end it is this. She fasted for three days. But the Bible said when she went to her husband, she took off the prayer 
sack and put on her cloth, looked beautiful before she went to him. Because they have told you that a man is under attack. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, carry water. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The man will be like, what exactly is your problem? After the prayers, the Bible says she took care of herself and she went to him. Don't. I am Lord. Every everybody hypnotizing my husband, and he's sitting under. <laughs> Destroy them all. Anyone that is saying that he will not take care of his children, destroy them all. You become the prayer project very soon. <laughs> Esther did not take her spirituality into the house. Somewhere when they are when you know when they are fighting battle in the house, you will know. As soon as you enter the house, you will know. The way they look, you know that they are fighting battle. Uh, they know that they are fighting battle. And the husband is wondering what and you know when a man now came and he said, Can I have a the woman said, oh, no, come and heat. The king said, Yes, yes, let's go on, let's go on. After the king finished it, the king said, ah, what, what did you say that you wanted? You know, he said, I don't worry, my husband. You know, I just want to feed you. Come and eat again. And the king said, ah, man, let's go and eat. Maybe the king was boiling and the king said, don't worry. Ah, are, you, are you saying that that is the problem? Maybe, maybe there's a particular somebody in his life that you know that is a bad influence. And you cannot say, you cannot, you know, you, you stand in the place of prayer. When he comes and he says, that boy is, is, is useless. Ah, I miss you. Don't worry. Ah, you know, hey, maybe he may change. No, he cannot change. I know him. He's a bad person. But you know where you stood in the place of prayer. But not that he will come into the house and you see that you've marked the name of his friend with a psalm on it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God help us in Jesus' name. Covenant marriage are powerful as long as we play by the rules. Why I ended up with that prayer, with those prayers, is that that is what brings God into it. A covenant marriage is a marriage between three people. The husband, the wife, and God. Who stands as a witness in that marriage. God help us in Jesus' name. Let us stand up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.